Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorla. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. We are joined today via Zoom with a very special guest, Jeff Mingi. Jeff Mingi is the regional catalyst of SBC Virginia. He is a former pastor of Catalyst Church in Virginia. He has authored several books, including the one we will be discussing today, Digital Dominion, Five Questions Christians Should Ask to Take Control of Their Digital Devices. Jeff, brother, thank you so much for taking time to join us for this conversation on living the Christian life in a digital world. Well, guys, thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here, and I'm a, a, a fan of the podcast. Really enjoy what you guys do and the way you invest in pastors. Thank you. Well, brother, you wrote this book, and in and, and the subtitle, it's five questions Christians should ask to take control of their digital devices. And with that being the subtitle, there's an assumption that digital devices can control us. So just to get this conversation started off, I just wanted to ask, in what ways do digital devices shape us? What ways do they form us? That's a great question. And you're right. That's the underlying kind of assumption behind this this book is that they do impact us. They do shape us. And so as Christians, we need to we need to be aware of the current that we're swimming in. And so the question, how do they shape us? How do they form us? Well, man, that that's the million dollar question. And on the one hand, we can't predict the future of tech. We don't know uh, what the, you know, what technology is going to look like, our devices are going to look like in the next five years. And because we can't predict that future, we don't know what kind of impact they're going to have. We, we learn about the impact our devices have on us as we use them. And that can be some dangerous territory to, uh, to swim in. Um, so what we can do is that we can begin to look backwards. So let's just let's look at one example of devices in the life of the uh, average person. Bill Gates uh, made the move. He said, I want to get a computer in every home. Well, that's a that a that's a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. And B, that's a pretty shaping impact. Mm. I, I mean, we have been shaped now that pretty much almost every home has a digital device in it, at least one. If your home is anything like mine, and it probably is, you've got multiple devices in multiple rooms, whether you want them there or not. And so we think about, okay, how does this shape us? Well, on the one hand, it just it shapes how we we view the world, how we think about the world. It shapes what comes across our purview and um, the information we respond to. It also, our, our tools shape our daily habits, which over time shape our, our way of living. And um, if, if we as, as Christians and as pastors think about the fact that God is shaping and sanctifying his people, well, then we need to look at all of the, the avenues and aspects and things in our lives that are shaping us and say, okay, is this shaping me the way God would have it to shape me? Or what kind of impact, mm-hmm. what kind of influence are these devices having on us? So that's that's my hope in the book is to kind of uncover some of this, to, to ask some, uh, well, five simple questions of, man, what, what impact is this having and, and how what, what can we do about it? My, my next question is, I guess, uh, maybe a little bit 
late <laughs> uh, because I, I have a question about uh, how how to know when our devices are are beginning to have control over us. It seems like for a lot of folks that ship has sailed. Um, you know, yep. it, 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 it they do uh, have control over us. So maybe let's let's rewind the tape a little bit and just kind of look at the film. You know, kind of in the in the in the the uh, in the locker room here a little bit. Let's do a little film study and just go. Okay, at what point? Did you know? Did these devices take over us? You know, uh, uh, and I'm thinking probably more on a personal level. When when do we look and we go? Okay, it's right there that that we're giving we're giving way too much to these devices uh, and allowing them to control our lives. Great question. Great question. And, and let's think about this in the life of a pastor, right? So, um, a pastor is either in control or out of a control. Or out of control. Those those are your two options. There's no neutral ground, no no third way. Um, uh, we're either in control or we're out of control. So when it comes to our devices, we're asking the question: Man, am I in control of this device, or is it in control of me? And I'm I'm under its control. I'm out of control. Well, out of control pastors aren't going to glorify God. Now, mm-hmm. ultimately, God is going to work all things for His glory. Right? We 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 get that. But that does that shouldn't be an excuse for me to say, well, let me just live out of control and know that God's going to get the glory in the end. No, not not the point. So as a pastor, let, let's just ask some kind of practical questions. All right. I believe that as a pastor, I lost control the minute that I found myself getting angry over what a church member posted. Mm-hmm. Right now, all of a sudden, I've seen something. Maybe I was meant to see it. Maybe I wasn't. I, that ship has sailed. Doesn't matter. I saw it. And now I'm I'm angry. And so when I walk in on a Sunday morning, I'm not thinking, how can I shepherd this person? I'm thinking, I can't believe you posted this. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so in that sense, it's I've I've lost control or OK, let's say you're uh, you're getting ready to preach on a Sunday and, and you are there on the front row. You've it's the song before the sermon. So you, you're trying to get into the zone, get, get ready to, to preach. But all you can think about is that meme you saw that morning. Mm. Right. And it's just, you can see the image and like you're on the front row trying not to laugh because the meme was funny. It was supposed to be funny. It did its job. Um, well, probably not the, not the best influence in that moment. Well, at that point, again, I've, I've lost control. So um, the the influence and impact of technology of our devices can be good and it can be bad. Um, I, I think about how the phrase Paul used in Philippians 3, their God is their belly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're they're driven by this appetite. Well, we're we're driven, if we're not careful, by uh, a digital appetite. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got to ask the question, okay, am I in control? Am I exercising self-control, which the Bible highlights as a fruit of the spirit? Mm-hmm. Or have I sort of handed control over um, to my devices? And, and as pastors, we can imagine, man, if, if we hand over, devi- over control to our devices, the impact on our flock is not going to be good. Well, two things I think that are really important from that, just kind of implications. One, 
uh, the emphasis on self-control. If you read Titus, Paul's letter to Titus, um, I count here one, two, three, four, five times he says in there uh, that the church is to be self-controlled, from the pastors yeah. to, you know, as he says, older men, uh, uh, older women should be teaching younger women to be self-controlled. The only thing he tells young men is to be self-controlled. Uh, and and in terms of their public witness, he says to be self-controlled. And so, you know, normally when when uh, when Scripture repeats things, uh, you should probably take note of it. Uh, but and especially <laughs> when it's concentrated like that in one letter. Uh, the other thing is something that I've I've told my children when it comes to idolatry. Uh, I I define idolatry in our home as when we get to a point where we start loving the gift as if it were the giver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that and, and what you're saying here kind of resonates with that. When we get to a point where we have given up self control to this thing in terms of devotion, uh, you know, devotion of our minds, devotion of our affections, and so on, to a point where we're giving it a place where really only God should have that kind of control over us and uh, that, yep. that kind of focus in our lives. And so, yeah, those, those were two implications that, uh, that I think definitely resonate with what you just said. Well, it's amazing, too, just how unaware we are that these devices actually do have control over us in some sense. You know, I just think of the times where I've been sitting on the couch and I've opened up one of my social media apps and I close it. And within seconds, I realize I just reopened it again mm-hmm. and I just closed it. Or if we're at the dinner table and I get up to go grab something and I come and sit down, I realize the thing I grabbed had nothing to do with dinner. It was my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these mm-hmm. these things, they really do and really can control you yeah. in a sense. Or even just the time. You know, you you pick up your phone and you look at it and you set it down. And by the time you set it down, you realize it's dark outside. Um, right. <laughs> you just you just lost hours of your day, uh, you know, surfing and, uh, and 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 going through. So yeah, yeah. So we've kind of hit on this a little bit, but what is that correlation between spiritual health and digital health? This is something you you mention in the book that there is this correlation here uh, between spiritual health and digital health. So so what is that correlation? So there certainly is a correlation, and I think it's it's helpful to understand. It's not a one to one correlation, right. meaning I, if if I'm digitally healthy, that does not mean that I am therefore spiritually healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, but if I am spiritually healthy, I do think that will end up uh, working itself out in in uh, a way that I'm. Uh, digitally healthy. I, I appreciated um, a recent interview. Got interview you guys did with uh, Dr. Lederbach, and mm-hmm. he asked the question on your podcast: "What would thrill the heart of God in how I'm living?" He was talking about ethics, and he used that phrase of "Man, what would thrill the heart of God?" Well, that's that's a helpful way to, for me to think about it with my devices. What would thrill the heart of God in how I use my laptop or my cell phone or the Nintendo Switch? or whatever the device is, right? What what would thrill the heart of God? Um, that's a helpful question as I think about this correlation between spiritual health and digital health. How we use our devices reflect our hearts, similarly to how we use our tongues, right? The, the Bible uh, drives into the tongue and says, hey, wa- watch your tongue. Watch your tongue because it exposes your heart. Well, in the same way, I think we could say, watch 
your phone, watch your device, watch your usage because it reflects your heart. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love in your book where you say you can't exercise dominion in the digital world until you exercise self-control in your daily life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So much of demonstrating wisdom with technology, social media, those things is really just demonstrating self-control. It is. I I think that's really a, a key part of this conversation is, am I in control of myself? Am I, am I aware of my inclinations to either overuse my device or underuse in the wrong way or whatever the case may be? Because our devices are great gifts, right? right? I mean, it's, I'm, I'm amazed at, at, um, the way God can open up doors of communication through our devices. I was on my back porch in Virginia one afternoon talking to one of our missionaries in Southeast Asia. Uh, just, just the other day, I was texting with a pastor who's in Rwanda. I'm, I'm in Virginia. Man, thank God for the devices that enabled us to do that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the devices that enable us to do a podcast just like this. So when we say exercising self-control, when we talk about self-control, it's not just using our devices less. It's using them with greater intentionality. Yeah. So our, our pastor was uh, in Galatians 4 yesterday, and we're talking about idolatry. And he made, he made this, this point that, that with idolatry, when we're committing the sin of idolatry, we're taking something good and making it ultimate. And I think the same thing yeah. here is, is is being said with with technology. There's good. Look, you can open up Lagos and, you know, instead of having, you know, a desktop and commentaries all over the place, you can just scroll it up, do sermon prep, you know, in the, the comfort of a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. You know, we can hang out with Jeff uh, in our studio when he's nowhere near our studio. Mm-hmm. Ron Jor and I can text back and forth about how frustrated we are with our sports teams. Like there is good <laughs> there. But there is definitely that temptation that has always lurked in our hearts to make something good and make it ultimate. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the pastor's no different. I, I mean, w- we we are both sheep and shepherd in this conversation as we're trying to help our people uh, walk well with God through uh, a life with devices, and we're trying to walk through it ourselves. Right? We we are we are learning this uh, together. So I, I think it's a helpful conversation. Mm-hmm. So you say in your book that we're, we're swimming in a digital culture, which calls for digital wisdom. So what does that look like? Flesh that out for us. Uh, you know, does it, you know, is it talking about, are you talking about taking breaks from, uh, from, from, you know, devices? Are you talking about deleting apps? You know, what, what are some pra- uh, practical steps of wisdom uh, for, for our use of our devices? Sure. So uh, digital wisdom is simply biblical wisdom applied to our digital environment, our mm-hmm. digital age. So uh, some believers might uh, think through this conversation and walk away and say, okay, you know what? I, d- I need to use my devices less. Mm-hmm. I need to put the phone away. I need to set boundaries on my laptop, whatever the case may be. I need to use my devices less. Some may walk away from this conversation and say, I need to use my devices more but with more intentionality. Mm-hmm. Well, to both, I would say amen and okay. Let's mm-hmm. let's move forward with intentionality. So um, it, it may be intentionally downloading certain apps that will help us grow spiritually. It'll help us communicate with other members in our church. Um, it might mean deleting other apps 
that are causing division or discord or are fueling prayerlessness instead of prayerfulness. Mm. So a couple practical things that, that pastors can do uh, as, as they think about this. Um, first of all, I, I would encourage pastors, just take a pulse, take, take a, a quick pulse check of yourself. How are you doing in this conversation? Ask questions like, how many devices do I have? How many devices do I have? And, and which devices do I use well? And which do I use poorly? Mm-hmm. And well, how can I leverage the ones that I use well? There was a season, um, I had just read um, a book that that I found greatly encouraging. And so I took a, a list of quotes from that book, typed them up into a, a Google Doc that I could access on my phone and my computer. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for about a month, I would just grab a quote from that book and I would text it to all of our church members. Hmm. I was leveraging that digital device, those digital devices for good to help shepherd the church I was pastoring. Um, So that's an example of, I think, you know, how I could do it well. All right. I'll I'll give you another example of how I didn't do so well this morning, right? Roll over. I don't even know what time it is. I hit my phone just to see, like, what time is it? Where am I? What's it going on? And there's a, a fantasy football notification, you know, so uh, how my, my team did last night. So what do I do? I I should have rolled back over and continued getting rest, but no way. <laughs> I saw the I saw the notification. I thought, oh, okay, I want to see how I did. Now, I knew good and well I had crushed the guy. I crushed the guy yesterday. Like, I had won, the, <laughs> but I'm still waking up saying, okay, let Here's a notification. It's got my attention, and let let me let me lean in and um and see how that last see, final. See, game I feel went a little attacked night. here, Jeff, because you're Dude, you're, I'm, I'm, you're yeah. using the opportunity to say you crushed the guy yeah. after I told you I lost to the inactive guy this yeah. week. I have no well, idea the the plight that you're talking about because the last thing <laughs> yeah. I want to do is look <laughs> yeah. at my fantasy football. I do want to take this morning. opportunity to let our <laughs> listeners know that even though I'm having a terrible season. Week one, I took Ron Jorlock out. I just want that hey, on the record. There you, go. you know, it was there week one. Everybody's learning. It's okay. See that, <laughs> Jeff? That's a, what we call an excuse. Me, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, you're you're absolutely right, and, and and especially when we think about wisdom, you know, what does Proverbs say? Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, if if anything, there's there's this need for us to reorient ourselves to the centrality and the supremacy of the Lord in our lives. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, you know, uh, uh, there there's maybe some some sense in which we've got to ask ourselves uh, almost to the point where it becomes an instinctive thing for us: How would the Lord want me to use my my devices? How much time would the Lord want me to spend? You know, on this, how how much uh, does the Lord want me to engage uh, with this app? You know, and interact with uh, with this app or this platform, or or so on. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then certainly the fear of the Lord is the beginning of digital wisdom as well. So, and and just another thing to think of too is like, in some ways, yes, technology has helped us become more connected. Like the fact, again, we're talking to you, Jeff. But in some ways, it's also disconnected us from our the people that are around us. Like I'm amazed how many times when I'm in a really packed place that I just run to my phone when there's people around me. Yeah. Or when I'm on a date yeah. with my wife and we're having dinner in this beautiful restaurant, how my eyes are fixed on the TV right behind her head or the phone that's in front of me looking at you know all the things that are happening. So yeah, 
there is good in the connectedness that we get from our devices, but we also have to be aware that sometimes it can get us out of the space of where we're at and focused on something completely irrelevant from what we're actually in and around. Yeah. And Roger mentioned Titus earlier. That that was that's a golden idea. Pastor, open up the book of Titus, just read it and then apply it to your digital life. And then your life as a pastor. And again, just do a quick pulse check on yourself and then turn once you've once you've considered yourself, then turn an eye to your flock. And how are they doing? In, in what ways are their devices encouraging them in their walk with Christ? And in what ways are they discouraging them? And then lead accordingly. So how would you do that? Talking about how pastors do this and then and then teach their flock. Do you feel like preaching is the, the opportunity to do this? Do you feel like that's a one-on-one conversation? Do you feel like that's a discipleship class, a workshop? I mean, what what are the ways pastors can actually teach their flock how to do this once they, they get it themselves? Sure. Great question. Great question. And I think uh, to some degree, the answer is going to be all of the above, right? In whatever way you can help them in this regard, um, that'll be preaching. That'll be one-on-one conversations. That'll be uh, grabbing a a helpful book on the topic and then using it for a discipleship class. but at the at sort of the center of all of that, I would want to remember that the word does the work, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're not gonna you're not gonna do better than exposing your people to God's word and letting God's word take root in their heart and then work itself out through their um their digital habits or devices. So yes, by by all means, preach the word and um. You know, we often refer to that that um, that old sermon, the expulsive power of a new affection, mm-hmm. right? Make sure that their hearts are captivated by the glory of Christ. And um, so it might be easy to, to walk away from a conversation like this, say, okay, I need to preach on exercising dominion uh, over our devices. Well, maybe, maybe, but I would say that's a subcategory, not the main category, right? Mm-hmm. Preach Christ mm-hmm. and then let that love uh, drive the others. And then, yeah, one-on-one conversations. Pastor, you probably have some church members that you need to have a conversation with about their digital habits. I mean, it's just, that's the world we live in. Uh, that's, you, you're, you're not the only one, not by a long shot. So how can you, how can you sit down with those, those, um, those church members and, and ask some shepherding questions. I I would encourage you not to let your church go at this alone, but encourage them to go on mission in a digital world and community. So teach them to hold each other accountable to what they post and how they post it. Teach them to ask for prayer from one another. Hey, I'm going to post this article this week, and I'm really praying that it would stir some conversation um, among some unbelieving friends. Would you would you pray with me uh, even this week? Um, so I think, I think it's a great question, pastor, how can you shepherd your people in this, in this digital age, preach the word, have the conversation and continue to lead, um, as you follow Christ. So obviously the, the predominant, uh, force in, in, in the digital world right now is social media, uh, mm-hmm. for, for the pastor, what is the role uh, of social media, 
uh, in in his ministry and and you know what does it look like for him not not just personally but but as he's shepherding the flock what does it what does it look like for him to shepherd in a digital uh, age with, with with such a dominating uh, uh, presence of social media everywhere? Mm. Social media is messy. Mm. It just is. I, I don't know if that's the media part of it or the social part of it, right? <laughs> probably both. It's, it's probably both, but, but it's messy. And pastoring people in a social media age means we're going to have to enter into the mess. Mm. You, you, you cannot pastor people in a social media age and, and not get involved in the mess. So it's, it's going to be messy. Now that doesn't mean that every pastor needs an account on every social media platform, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Pastor, sure. don't worry. You don't need a TikTok, a TikTok in order to pastor. <laughs> Please, well. don't. Like, oh, Please, Please do not you know? TikTok. If you TikTok, we're out. <laughs> so, so I, I don't think that's the answer is to say, all right, I'm a pastor. I got to get on, get on every platform, but we do need as pastors to apply the gospel to our relational nuances. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll find that the gospel is sufficient for mm-hmm. relational nuance. Good. Yeah. It's, it's sufficient when somebody's angry at somebody for posting something, something, or somebody's angry at somebody for not posting something, mm-hmm. right? We'll, we'll condemn each other both for what we say and for our silence and not saying anything. Right. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, we're amazing like that. So, so, um, pastor be obedient to the first and second command, right? Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Enter into the the social uh, media world with that kind of true north on your compass, and love your neighbor as yourself, your digital neighbor as yourself. Right? How, how do I enter into this conversation, um, loving God and loving uh, my neighbor, and and how do I do that well? Again, s- social media is messy. Chris Martin's book, uh, Terms of Service, mm-hmm. I found uh, mm-hmm. to be a very helpful resource. In this conversation, and, and Chris makes the point, and the water is poisoned. It is. It's poisoned. So when you go swimming in social media, just know what kind of water you're getting into and be aware. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Paul had to deal with Euodia and Syntyche in, uh, in Philippians 4. Uh, I think if Paul were around today, uh, he would be talking about their social media uh, and and the ways that yeah. they talk. They're on Twitter now, um, right? <laughs> yeah, with their yep. advancement yeah. of technology. Um, but I remember just a couple of years ago in 2020, there was a good friend of mine, good friends of mine uh, that were pastoring. And they thought that, you know, that their church was doing well. I mean, you know, folks, I mean, their discipleship classes were packed. You know, they they had all these, you know, uh, programs that were going on. Things were going wonderfully in 2019. And and then 2020 happened and and they were stunned by the fracturing and all of that that had happened in their church. Uh, you know, we I had a conversation with them and, and I just was candid and said, you know, a lot of this that we saw that we see in 2020 was there in 2019 on social yeah. media. Mm. Uh, and, yeah. and because they didn't have access to any of that, they didn't realize the underbelly of what was going on in their church until it came up to the surface. And by that time, of course, it's too late. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in, uh, as a pastor to say, uh, you know, at least have some way 
to know how the flock is is relating to one another right. uh, on social media, but also how they're relating to the uh, to the watching world um, as well, because that uh, that may there may be things that are going on uh, that are affecting the witness of the church uh, that you're completely unaware of uh, if you're disconnected. Yeah, and we've had conversations on this in the past where. If the, it doesn't need necessarily to be the pastor himself in this space, but someone knowing, you know, having a finger to the pulse of what's going on mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. you know, again, that you don't run yeah. into a situation like that. So let's continue. It's challenging. It is. Yeah. I, I think you guys are right on, man. It, it, it's it's hard. How, how do you how do you navigate this without being the social media police? Because none exactly. of us want to yeah. do that. We. You but, don't want um, the whole the whole reason you're using social media to be Sherlock Holmes finding every little bit right. of sin that you know <laughs> yeah. around every digital corner there. And even then, you probably won't find it anyways because they'll probably block you. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. that can happen too in the social media world. Yeah, it can. So let's continue the conversation just a little bit longer on social media. How can the pastor protect himself when he's in that space? So we talked about that one danger being you know policeman, but there's also plenty of other dangers, including comparison. Uh, mm. that, that's something that can be very difficult for pastors to, I mean, whereas years ago it was me comparing myself to the guy on the corner, his church. Now it's, you've got the whole world <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sharing uh, their all, everything on social media. So how can he protect himself from, from comparison? How can he also protect himself from getting into the muck of social media? I mean, I've even seen really, really non-confrontational pastors become confrontational in a space mm. on social media. Mm. So so how can pastors navigate this without falling into these traps? Great question. And I think it's an important one, and it's one that pastors will have to keep asking. I don't think it's one that we can get an answer to today, and um, it's going to apply for the I think we're going to have to keep asking this question and keep, keep working through it. Comparison is certainly one of the chief evils um, in, in a digital age that, that I think we need to be aware of because the human heart, we're just so good at it, mm. right? We're, it, it, it flows naturally. And, and you're right. Now, with all of the opportunities that the digital world and our devices open up to us, they also open us up to that many comparison points. And we can drive ourselves crazy because y- you will never measure up. You just won't. And the minute you do, you're going to find somebody else that's better and you don't measure up to them. That's that's how comparison works. It's it's never satisfied or it's it's overly satisfied. And we think way too highly of ourselves than we ought. Uh, it's one of the two. So I, I think in in comparison and in it, when we find ourselves getting uh, too deep in the muck, uh, one of the best things we can do is repent. Mm-hmm. I just pastors are not above repentance. <laughs> and so let's let's repent, turn around and walk in new obedience and say, okay, let, let me walk in the other way. And that, again, that might mean for a season, you need to delete the social media apps. Mm-hmm. Take a digital Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Take, a, yeah. take a time, a season where you say, you know what, I'm going to take a month off. I, I've talked to many pastors who have taken digital Sabbaths and said, that was so life-giving mm. and they they mm. came back and said I, i'm i'm not going to use social media the same i'm going to use it much more sparingly and uh, and to them it, it freed them from the bondage of of comparison 
And so, uh, Pastor, if you find yourself burdened by that comparison and social media is uh, a major part of the problem, log off. Right. Log off, you know, or or uh, invite your 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 wife to have a conversation with you and, and, and invite church members to help you grow in this way. Uh, but I, I think that comparison conversation is, man, that's a key one uh, that I think we should keep raising. Mm, that's good. That's good. Uh, w- with the whole conversation on social media, you know, there's a friend of ours, Jordan Willard, uh, who wrote an article on rules for pastors engaging in social media. And one of the first points he makes is, Pastor, you need to think before you tweet. And uh, that's mm. something I keep in my my mind every time I open up one of my apps. I also have a uh, a group of people that I will send things that I wish I could tweet to just so I can oh, yeah. get it out. So, Pastor, if yep. you need to find you one of those guys as well, uh, then do that. You do. Yeah, that's a gift. That's a gift. So there are pastors, church leaders listening uh, today uh, that are living in this world. You know, all of us are, are are living in this world in some way or another. Do you have any final words of encouragement to them uh, just as they navigate uh, this world? Yeah, I would I would say be encouraged. Be encouraged. I'll, I'll borrow a phrase from Tony Ranke. I am a tech optimist. Hmm. I'm convinced that, that God is at work in our world, even and maybe especially through digital devices. And so praise God for that device. Thank God that you have the ability to do what you can do with your devices. What a gift. And let's let's leverage them well and and recognize you are not going to leverage them perfectly. Hmm. You are going to sin with your devices. And when you do, repent and move forward in faith and new obedience. And you'll find that the Lord is faithful and that he's good and that that his faithfulness and his goodness are unwavering. And so um, when you find yourself discouraged by the muck and the mire of life in a digital age, move forward in confidence that God is good and that God is at work, Mm. even in this world. That's a good word, brother. Well, that'll do it for today's conversation, Jeff. Brother, thank you again for your willingness to join the discussion and for writing this incredibly helpful resource. I strongly encourage our listeners uh, to get this book, share it with your people. You will not regret doing so. Also, check out Jeff's work with our sister center, the Center for Faith and Culture here at Southeastern. You've written a number of times uh, for their center's blog, so you can check those out at cfc.sebts.edu. And we want to thank you, listener, for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found today's episode helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today with our conversation. And finally, brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 